Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Lamp. I'm your host, James Lampkin, and my guest today is a real estate investor, and he also has his own platform called Barbershop Conversations. Mr. Fred Hawthorne, thank you for joining me. Man, I appreciate you having me on your platform, dog. Appreciate it, for real. Hey, man, it's a, it's an honor to, to get you on it. And before I ask any questions or say anything, first, man, let me say thank you, because, you know, I know how busy you are with the real estate. I see you doing like rehabs on homes you got the kids oh. and you're building your own platform so i truly appreciate you taking the time to do this yeah well, it takes a village though so 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 let's build together man you know what i mean definitely yeah uh-huh. let's get started with you how what was it like growing up in california um i only know that way so i would say great you know i i um you know, South Central LA, Crips and Bloods, essays, uh, um, a lot of gang violence. I grew up like on the blade. So Figueroa was like a half a block from my house. So 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 we got a lot of transient flow that went down Florence Avenue. You know, typical urban life, you know. Um, my mom was remarried. Uh, so I had a stepfather. He passed like my 10th grade year, I believe. And uh um but the typical, typical urban, urban type of environment, you know, but I didn't know it was bad until I became an adult, you know, it, it, it was the only way of life that I knew. So, um, yeah, urban pretty much, you know what I mean? Yeah. You said, you said that, that um, you grew up around gangs. Did, did that have any kind of influence on you? Were you ever close to joining any? Nah, definitely never. Okay. Definitely. I've always been an outlier. Uh, uh, no ambitions. Never drank. Never smoked. Uh, I always was was. Uh, I had ambitions of being cerebral. I didn't know at the time it was being cerebral, but uh, I was more of a thinker. I was a great athlete, uh, so I spent a lot of time at the park. And uh, but I would lean on like my mouth. You know what I mean? So I I, I was like the. Uh, the charismatic, like corny kid, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so the demographics, it was it was like mostly black. Yeah, mixed, black and but... Mexican. In Los Angeles, definitely black and Mexican for sure. Oh, okay. What because of like you grew up in, in LA and now like a lot of uh a lot of areas we're seeing gentrification. Absolutely. So I wanted to get your how do you feel about it? I mean Gentrification uh, doesn't exclude black people. Uh, gentrification doesn't exclude any race. Uh, gentrification is um, a um, like an enhancement of the environment. And I think that because of how systemic oppression is set up, they have access to the funds because they were they've had access to it for for, for a long time. So it's viewed as gentrification is bad, but who wants, in my humble opinion, I would rather live next to homes and live next to apartment buildings. I would rather live next to non-graffiti than graffiti. I would rather raise my kids around non-gang members as opposed to community members. You, I mean, more so community members. So, so, so I think because they have access to capital and, and it's by design, uh, the way, um, America is designed. So, um, people of white origin, have access to capital to come in and buy on a larger scale and and also because of the uh, population. 
there's more, they have more access to wealth because just on sheer numbers, just on the quantity of people that they have. So, uh, so, so I think gentrification isn't bad. Gentrification has raised the property value. Gentrification has raised the rents. Uh, and I think that if, 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 and when we continue to value what we own, um, it, 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 it will take great precedence, you know, like, um, like I live in the Crenshaw area and it's going through a gentrification process because we have a train going through, mm. but I'm, but I spend a lot of time with all black males, you know, so all my business partners are black and we do a lot of investment a lot of investing in the community. So, so um, I, I, I believe that we're doing the best we can, but we can't buy up the city. You know, we do a couple properties a year and uh, uh, that's the best we can do. But, but, but I think now that this information highway that we got uh, the, the internet, the World Wide web is, is gonna increase the intellectual capital of black people across the world, you know, and and the uh, the advantage now is we don't have to go to college. You know, there's something called YouTube. There's something called Google that will give us the ability to gain the knowledge, you know, and information that we need to 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 build generational wealth or even have the mindset of generational wealth. Because just think um, years ago, I mean, I'll speak for myself. I just thought the only way you could be rich is become a doctor or an athlete or an actor or entertainer, you know. Uh, but realistically there's so many different ways to cut the cut the cake you know and uh um we just got to be more advantageous of in search of all the ingredients that it takes to to build the cake which is generational wealth definitely do you think we're doing a better job of closing that gap like information and knowledge and things like that yeah we oh well, we definitely getting better and better for sure for sure for sure you know um just, just the fact that you have a platform and I have a platform is an improvement, you know, and we have the ability to have a, a free speech, um, definitely on that level. And also there's a lot more black representation in the education field, uh, in, in the IT field and, and all across the fields, all across the world. So, so that gives us a, a competitive enhancement you know, uh, we're still in search of the competitive advantage, you know, because we're outnumbered and we're still oppressed systemically. So, um, but I do believe that um, there's more representation, which will give us more opportunity. For sure. You may, you mentioned education. Mm -hmm. um, you previously were a teacher, is that correct? Yeah, for seven years. Mm -hmm. what, what was that experience like? It was great. I was I was probably the best teacher in the world. I thought, you know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, it, it it was phenomenal. You know, I would say my population was like seventy percent Latino, thirty percent other. Um, I, I I had a great run, man. I was laid off, uh, and I was content. And Hold I mean, on, I'm a, I'm gonna stop you for one. Did you say laid off? Yeah, I was laid off for sure. I was laid off. And I, because, wow, I've never heard of a teacher being laid off. Yeah, because uh, I was getting my credential, and 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 you had to be a tenured teacher, and uh, I had I have yet to receive my credential, and so they laid me off, and I was I was going to be a happy man, teaching and coaching the rest of my life in high school. I would have been happy. I would have been. I would have said I had the best life ever, you know. And uh, um, I I was laid off, and now I had to go into the forest and 
and chop down trees and kill animals all on my own. You know, I, I couldn't wait for the, the first of the month to get my lump sum check, you know? So, and, uh, it was a, uh, it was, it was a blessing, man. I, it was a blessing. Like I absolutely adore it. Like it was, it was the, it was the best punishment I've ever had in my life. You know, um, you know, I turned that pain to pleasure. I turned that pain to profit, you know? Uh, and it's, I, I, I thank all the stars, you know, and that goes to speak to that. Um, whatever, whatever is in your life, you have, it has to, it has to be, um, attacked with an intentional action. You know, like so many people become passive and they just say, I'm just going to take what they give me, whether it's SSI, unemployment, uh, whatever the case may be, you know, disability insurance. I attacked my un I attacked me being laid off or fired with an intentional action. And that is to be my boss for the rest of my life. Because I have a uh, I have a quote that I say, I will never ever let no man on this earth call me a nigga twice. And and I deemed them giving me a a pink slip calling me a nigga. Like I'm I'm not worthy when I've given you like seven great years. You know, uh, I've been in every newspaper in LA, uh, every news guy, the, the TV stations come in my TV room. I, we've done plays, we've run marathons, we've raised money for cancer, we're pillars in the community. And you say, I'm not worthy. Mm. And, and so, so, I, so I deem that as calling me a nigga. So, so, I, had, so I, 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 I was very intentional at saying, you know, I'm gonna do this on my own. You know, there's no way, no how I'll allow anybody take food off my plate because here's the catch if they can feed you they can starve you and 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 guess what i want to be in control of every variable in my life and that's what i set out to do and that's what i've accomplished how long ago was this 2007 wow so you didn't you didn't have kids at the time i had no i i hadn't had kids at the time i was i was i was on my on my own yeah i was what do you think it would have been like if you if that had happened while you had kids? Um, I choose not to think about that because that wasn't a, that wasn't a hand I was dealt. You know what I mean? Like I I I I, I choose not to. So uh, uh, I don't know, you know. And I I thank God that it didn't happen that way. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Look, I totally understand. Uh, nah, it's, it's no reason to, it's, it's no, it's no reason to envision nightmares when you live in a dream, you know, that, that, you know what, that's a great way to put it. You know, so were you, were you thinking about like, cause you, again, like I said in the intro, you, you invest in stock. Well, I didn't mention the stock spot, but you invest, you do real estate. Were you thinking about these things before teaching? Yeah. Yeah. Not before not before, while I was teaching. See, I had a, uh, how I got into stock, and I'm gonna say his name because it was a white Jewish man, Mitch Jewess. He owns, you can Google him, Mitch Jewess. Um, over, his portfolio is worth over $10 billion. Wow. <laughs> and I trained his son. And so many people would come to his house while I was training his son. Like, he had a campaign, uh, a dinner or brunch for Meg Whitman, who's the owner of eBay. And uh, I didn't attend, but right before the, I was training his son and that evening they had had a, uh, they was having them, they was having the dinner. And I was like, and he would just, and just the type of conversations, you know, uh, from him and his son, that 
introduced me to stocks, you know, like, and, and since then I've, I mean, I've had a great time with stocks, you know, and, and that was the genesis of it, you know, and people got to understand that information does, is not attached to race. Characteristics are attached to race. And, 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 and that's what I had to distinguish, you know, uh, this man is giving me jewels. So I had to attach it, you know, and, uh, and that's what I did, you know, and it was, um, it, it I, I'm forever grateful to Mitch Jewess. You know, he was a very wealthy man, uh, extremely wealthy man. And it, 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 he, he, he was good to me. You know, he, he, he paid me, he trusted me with his son and daughter to train them. And, uh, I'm forever grateful for him. You know, he, he, he was a good dude. You know? Man, that's, that's great. That's really great to hear. Cause you know, like you said, we, I, I, I'm guilty of it myself. Like sometimes we look at race as opposed to looking at the person. And, mm -hmm. and that's something that we definitely got to work on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What year did you start building your own platform? Ooh. I would say safely 2014, 2015. Um, yeah, 2014, 2015. But I probably took it serious around 16, 17, you know, where I was consistent every day. Evidence platform where we interview the people that we actually want to talk to, you know, and get the evidence from, and that's been since COVID. So about April first, so we're nine, ten months in, and we've done and we've done an extraordinary job, man. It's uh, it's amazing, man. I instead of um, um, uh, spending that money on flying out of town every week or every other week for boxing, I invested that in the platform. You know, I have a team, and and, and we're diligent working. Uh, getting guests, uh, building the platform, engaging people, building community, building strength, you know, and it's been a great run. These past nine months has been the most fun I've ever had with my platform. So COVID really has allowed you to like branch out a little more. Is that correct? COVID, <laughs> COVID, COVID-19, man. <laughs> 2020, 2020 has, uh, has allowed me to see me from 50,000 feet. You know, like I was caught up in a rat race, man. Life was great. You know, I was flying out of town man, every other week, man. Uh, hanging out with the best fighters in the world. You know, every now and again, I'll hang out with a celebrity or two and I get to meet the people, uh, uh, wh wh which is the highlight is, is meeting the people that I actually converse with online and I get to, and I get to put a tangible body with their, with their, with their uh, comments and stuff. That was the highlight. But I saw my life in 50,000 feet and and what, what I realized was I had an oppressor and that oppressor was boxing. And what I mean wow. by that was I'm an intellectual and boxing made me cool. And I was satisfied with just being cool, you know? Um, uh, so in, instead of chasing the boxers, I had to, chase what I really, really ultimately want to do, you know, is, is be like a historian, you know, is, uh, chronicle the, the, the stories of our day. And, um, that's been, uh, 
Uh, I've had the most fun dog sitting in this chair in which I'm doing this interviewing and interviewing people and being interviewed and being free and not having to worry about getting on the air. Like, I really don't enjoy traveling as, as it may seem like, you know, like I don't enjoy like uprooting my life every Wednesday night, getting on a plane, coming back Sunday morning. It looks cool on Instagram. It do. <laughs> it looks like the best life ever. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, man, I'm a king in my house, man. And, and I'm a king in my city. You know what I mean? And I I enjoy that. Like, I enjoy the freedom. Like, it, it, it was rugged. Like, I don't get me wrong. It's not like, oh, my God, this is the worst life ever. But I didn't own none of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Everything I do now, I own. You, you know, everything I do is on my own recognizance. Everything I do is on my own time, you know, and, and, and that's a beautiful thing. Like, I, I just got caught up in just going. I didn't care who was fighting. I was just going, you know, I'm mean? just getting <laughs> out of town, man. And and uh, I enjoy this more, you know, Sunday to Thursday, 9 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We rock out, yeah. you know, what I mean, have a great time. So will so will this be a permanent thing? Like, will you scale back now from going to as many fights? Oh, definitely. I'm only going to big fights now, for sure. <laughs> for sure. There's no way I'm going to see. Um... Nah, no way. Don't no. name nobody. Don't name. <laughs> I get what you said. <laughs> no way. No way. Impossible. How important is it to have your own brand? Shit. You, Shit. It you, means everything. Oh, go ahead. No, yeah. I was gonna say because you talk about it a lot. And, and it means the world to me. I'm uh, at 1250. I told my kids it was time to take a nap and I came in my office to do this interview. I'm a stay at home dad that's working. You understand what I'm saying? Like uh, I get to do whatever the hell I want. You know, Um, I have no boss. uh, I have no rules. I have no ceilings uh, and I can create what I think. That's the most beautiful thing that I can put in action to whatever I think. I don't have to put my thoughts on hold or my actions on hold because I have to clock in at eight o'clock and wait till five o'clock, you know? And that is the most beautiful thing ever, you know? Uh, Having the ability to make time tangible and how you make time tangible is creating and and how you make it last forever is creating generational wealth. And it's, uh, it's, it's, it's phenomenal, man. Like I can't put into words like the, what freedom means like I have freedom and the only time that I can say I don't have freedom is I and I don't get pulled over as as much as I used to because I live in a affluent black area but, but still you know but when I'm under the thumb of someone else and I realize me having a credential in boxing put me under a thumb of someone else and I don't like that shit you know what I mean? I don't like being like, I have to curve my uh, my words. I got to dig into the dictionary and, and, and recreate what I'm actually thinking, you know? So uh, in this chair, no one can say, Fred, tone it down. Nah, we turn up. <laughs> turn up, nigga, turn up. <laughs> you know, one of the, the most powerful statements that I heard you make, and it was on another podcast. I didn't get to hear the whole podcast, but I heard a clip of it. Um, you said you you haven't had an alarm clock in 13 years. Nope, nope. It's been 14. I forgot we're in 2021. Yeah, 2007, <laughs> 14 years, man. I have yet to, I, I don't even, I don't even know what alarm clock is anymore. <laughs> like, for real. Um, it's, uh, you only understand it 
if, if you're living it. And it's not the money. It's the it's knowing that you love and trust yourself. You're going you have a goal. And you're going to accomplish it. You know, you have a purpose and you're going to fulfill it. You know, um, now when I look back, like in terms of teaching, I was grossly underpaid because teaching isn't paid off a of performance. It's paid off. A, it's paid off a of time served. And um, I, I want to get paid my worth. And the only way I can get paid on earth as America stands today is to bet and believe and, and, and build within myself. And that's what I'm doing, man. Uh, that alarm clock life is fucking, oh my God. <laughs> and you don't know it because check this out. I, I've had an alarm clock since I was five years old, you know? Uh, elementary school, middle school, high school, college, grad school, teaching. Like I've had an alarm clock. And so that's all you know, You're right you know, about. like, you're never taught to build your own infrastructure. You're taught to abide by rules. How about we teach our kids to build their own infrastructure? How about we, you understand what I'm saying? That's, that's so much more powerful than say, hey, you got to go to this, you got to go to this, uh, this, uh, this building and abide by their rules. High school, abide by their rules. College, abide by their rules. Job, abide by their rules. No. How about you, young child, young boy, young girl? You build your own foundation and infrastructure and, and see how far that gets you. See how plentiful and beautiful your life being free. You know, the, it's, 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 uh, it's insane, you know? Definitely. Mm -hmm. What is it, what's the feeling like? Because you've talked about it on numerous occasions, how, you know, you've set yourself up in a good place with the real mm -hmm. estate and investing. And now, not only are your children taken care of, but there's generations behind them taken care of. So what's that feeling like for you knowing that you've done that for your family? It's, uh, it's satisfying because I, I never knew what generational wealth till I hit my thirties, you know, like I'm, I had no idea, no concept, no construct. I just thought you work, you get retirement and you die. You have a couple of kids and you know, they live the same life you live. And I mean, I don't know. I didn't know none of this shit existed. You know what I mean? I've heard of a million dollars. I've heard of a million dollar property. I've heard of, you know, uh, you know, all these things, but I had no construct of it. It wasn't tangible to me. It, it actually wasn't even a goal. It was a thought. You understand? There's a difference between a goal and a thought, you know? And so when I watch rap music, oh shit, that'd be cool, you know? Biggie and Pac, they got all these Mercedes, these Benz, these Bentleys. Oh, that's cool. I would like to have that. <laughs> that's a thought, <laughs> you know. But when you sit down and 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 build it, it's uh, it's beautiful, and it's beautiful knowing that I allocate permission. Oh my gosh, you talk about oh my god, like no one can infiltrate this. It, Either I got to be a dumbass, <laughs> no, I'm just being dead ass, or either I got to be stupid, or uh, or or you have some assets to bring to the table. But as it stands now, I mean, it can be bigger. But if it stands alone now, I think my my kids will be good. Matter of fact, I know my kids will be good, and I just got to keep on building, keep on building. Because see, because the more I build, the more life lessons it instills in me and the more I model for my kids. And the modeling is so important. 
the modeling that I, I, I talk about money. I talk about money as a tool, not as a debtor. Like when you're poor, you talk about money as a debtor. Like, damn, man, this shit costs five ninety nine. <laughs> no, I see it as an asset. So, so we're going to do X so we can flip this five ninety nine. You understand? And and I'm teaching my kids to be disciplined and frugal. It's cool. You understand? Like 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 uh. Being able to get two of what you want is cool, not one. Being able to get four of what you want is cool. You understand? And 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 when your needs can pay for it, life is beautiful. You know, so I'm instilling that in my kids now. Like my kids go with me to, they don't know what they're doing, but the fact that <laughs> the, the fact that uh that they see daddy doing it all the time, every day. It's a beautiful thing. The fact that daddy has free range, the fact that daddy shows up to every event, he don't got to take off work. The fact that the fact that they can run around in the properties and play with the tenants and have fun and 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 and, and, and know that their dad is 100% strong every day. No boss made him weak, no boss made him angry. He's strong every day. You know, that's uh, and 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 how much strength does that give me as a as a father? How much confidence does that give me as a man? Definitely. Knowing that knowing that I'm getting stronger every day. When when you have a boss, you're getting weaker every day. When you own every second, every minute, every hour, every day, every month, every year of your life, you're getting stronger and stronger and stronger, you know, because the, the older you get, the more information you intake, which will create positive actions because because that's wisdom. Intelligence is knowing what to do. Wisdom is cre- is is applying the is applying the action to the intelligence and making the proper move. That's wisdom. So the older we get, the more wisdom we should obtain. And mm-hmm. so that means the less mistakes that that my son and my daughter are going to make. You understand what I'm saying? And it's beautiful, dog. It's beautiful that my son sounds like a professor now. Wow. How he, old is your son? He's six. He's okay. Six. Okay. And 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 the fact that he uses words like however and uh, <laughs> and like um a company and 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 you know things as such, you know, and and I always like see see I see I, I play tricks on him too. Like like at seven o'clock, even if I'm not reading a book, I pick up a book. You understand what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. I, I may not, but I'm tricking them to believe, oh, what you I'm reading a book right now, son. You know, I mean, you want to read with me? You understand? Like, I'm not, so I'm not, I'm being honest. I'm not reading the book every time. But, yeah. but the fact that I'm doing that discipline, the fact that I didn't get home at seven and I'm fucking making a starter kit dinner. You understand what I'm saying? Well, just add water. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, that's like, that's real. That's real. The fact that we can literally sit at the dinner table, you know what I mean? Um, and, and, and have a great time. You know, it, it's, it's amazing. Uh, it sounds amazing, man. Like just hearing the passion you talk about it, it sounds like it's a it's mm-hmm. a great life and it's a blessing. And I'm happy to see you living it. Oh, that's love. That's sure. Let's let's transition to your favorite topic, oh, and what that? you built, what you started building on the good old sport of boxing. Oh, what's up with boxing? When did you when did you when did you get into it? I've always been a boxing fan, man. I'm from the Roy Jones, Pernell Whitaker era. Uh, you know. Um, my first attachment was the 84 Olympics, you know, that, that team, you know, you have, hey man, how, how old are you, Fred? I'm 43, 43. Okay. So, okay. Cause so, we were around the same age. Okay. Yeah. So I was seven or eight, but my uncles were big boxing fans, you know, 
Um, so, um, so Mark Breland, you know, Henry Tillman, Meldrick Taylor, I think Evander Holyfield was on Evander he Holyfield. Was. Yeah. And, uh, Pernell Whitaker. And uh, my family originated from the, the Tidewater area, which is where Pernell Whitaker is from. So he's like a pseudo hero to my family, you know, because small town, you know, he brings back the gold, he brings back, he brings back the metal. And, and so, so it's, um, it, it was just beautiful, man. I had a parade down there. And that was my gen, that was my introduction to boxing. Man, I remember my, he's my, he's my uncle, but he's my cousin by blood, my mom's first cousin. And Hurley, you know, Junie, we call him. I mean, he's like a thesaurus on sports and history. And, uh, and you know, they got all, all the black schools out there, Norfolk State, Hampton. So, so that's like my introduction to sports, like, like boxing, you know, like we're the best at it, you know, but they try and cheat us every time. <laughs> <laughs> so do you I, I watch videos and stuff see you training and stuff did you actually box no i never boxed I, i've never boxed uh i mean i fought a little bit you know you do all that stuff but like professionally amateur i never fought you know i was a basketball kid i was really good at basketball uh but uh that was where i, I spent all my time but i'm i was like athletically i'm a freak of nature like when not now i'm 43 but when i was in my teens and 20s i was just I, I could do it all i could run jump all that shit you know and so, so my so my acclimation to any sport is is rather so was rather simpler than others would say so um and um now it's you know now it's it's like my only sport i watch basically now you know i mean it's it's weird yeah. It's funny because look, I see the videos and stuff, and I see you calling out people like Kenny Porter. I'm oh like, yeah, this dude is oh, yeah, 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 man, yeah, man. I'm, I'm, I'm overall, I'm fearless, man, and that's, uh, and 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 that's how I approach my life. You know, the worst thing you can do is is beat me up. You know what I mean? I, that's already happened to me before. You know, so. What you ain't doing twenty five to life. You ain't killing nobody. Like you know, what I mean, I'm not. I'm not running around with bloods and crips and essays. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> what would you consider the best era of boxing? Ninety five to 05. 95 to 05. You know, like that was a because that that's like my like my shit. You know, we had we had uh, Bernard Hopkins, who's who's gonna be on the show this Wednesday. I love Bernard when I was a kid. Roy Jones, Meldrick Taylor, you had Mike Tyson, and um, uh, gotta go back and ever. So maybe that's a little bit too soon. Maybe was you a Holyfield fan? Definitely a Holyfield fan. I love this courage. Um, you know, I was a Mike Tyson guy. You know, I, I was born in New York, so I was, I'm a Mike Tyson guy. Uh, uh, you know, he looked fearless. You know, he looked indestructible. He looked, you know, I mean, he, he was Mike Tyson. You know, and. Uh, um, so I, I I rooted for him, you know, and uh, you know I watched that fight in Tokyo shocked us all, you know. Was you torn when they? Was you torn when Holyfield and Tyson fought? No, I wasn't torn. Nah, I wasn't torn. Who was you rooting for? Mike Tyson. Rooting for Mike Tyson. Oh. Yeah. So um, you know he lost. He wasn't the man he was, you know. But you know he he never was a. I'm gonna say he never was a great fighter. Whoa, you know, I don't think Mike Tyson was a great fighter. I he he lost all the step up fights. Um, you know what's funny? I'm 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 glad you said that, and I hate saying that, but 
he never. I, I always get in debates debates with people, and I'm like, well, he never really beat anybody. No, he I mean the best person he beat was. I would probably the two best people I would say he beat was probably Tony Tucker and Razor Ruddock. Razor Ruddock, yeah, that was a big fight. Razor Ruddock, or maybe Trevor Burbick, you know, at the time that, you know, um, but yeah, he never, he, yeah, he, yeah, he lost Lennox Lewis, uh, and then he started losing the people with, and then he just started walking into the ring for checks. Man, that was, that was like really bad. Like Peter McNeely and McBride and all those guys, you know. Yeah. So, it's, but it's it's weird now seeing him and it's like he's made this total transformation. Yeah. So it's kind of I like seeing him now. Yeah, he's a he's a culture icon. She's a cultural icon, you know. Th- those come shit. Like Haley's comment, you know, once in the <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh it's far and in between, you know. Um Mike Tyson before him, it was it was Muhammad. This generation, we don't really have one, right? We don't have one. Floyd is not an icon. Floyd is a popular figure. I, I, I don't. I, I think if Floyd died on Sunday, Monday will be back to normal. You know, like he wouldn't be like, it wouldn't be as devastating because he's 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 selfishly partaked in boxing. He hasn't like um, um, given, and he's never been vulnerable. M- Mike Tyson was vulnerable, and Muhammad Ali gave. So. So, so you got to have a level of vulnerability to you, and and Floyd refuses to be vulnerable. So, yeah. How, how do you think? What do you since you since you brought his name up? What do you think his impact on the sport has been? Get your money, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is that a good or bad thing? I don't know. It's, I mean, it's 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 good. It's good. I mean, I I I can't knock it, you know, because I'm a I'm a serial entrepreneur. I can't knock it. I only can, I only can live life and have the mindset of, of a fan. Um, he has the mindset of a fighter that that's, that that's, that's the prize. That's a prize fighter. So I can't be mad at him for it, but he, he, at the end of the day, regardless of what he did in the ring, he and I are, are brothers outside the ring. And the fact that he said all lives matter and I'm not a follower, I'm a leader and, and uh, that, and he supported uh, uh, Donald Sterling and all this stuff. So, so I have a problem with that. And I'm not the one to be all to say uh, um, like, that's the rule brick for being black. It's the rule brick when the black energy is is going in one direction. You say I'm going in the opposite direction just because you're the rich one of the richest black men that we know. You know, so, uh, so so I think that was not cool. You know, definitely. Yeah, I, I wasn't a big I wasn't a big fan of how he handled uh, how he handled situations outside. Yeah, you know, Cal and Kaepernick need to focus on getting a starting job. <laughs> we it, it's funny because me and my wife, my, my wife, she's not a fan at all. Mm-hmm. I'm a I I was a huge fan of him in the ring, and the reasons for that was, I mean I grew so I'm 40, mm-hmm. so he's the fighter that I could see his whole career from the Olympics yeah to yeah. The, to his beginnings to the end, so I always knew how great he was. So it's it's funny when he first started out, it wasn't like he wasn't this this character that he became money. It was, you know, it was all about fighting. Yeah. And it's like a, a switch went off in his head. Like, 
I'm not going to get paid doing this. And he changed the money and got out of that Bob Arm deal. And next thing I know, man, he took off. (laughs) Right, right. Speaking of Bob Arm, y'all like bosom buddies now. Yeah, man. I've been covering Bob for a decade now, and and he just respects the fact that I am who I am. You know, uh, he's in, he's in his victory lap, and I'm and uh, uh, and he's an ally now. You know, like and not necessarily an ally. He's an ally of information. He wants to share his information. He's not an ally of me. We've never spent any time together outside of my job requirements. Uh, uh, and he's. He, over years, you learn to respect people by their consistency. You know, I've always grilled him on, on uh, black, black people in boxing. I've always stood up for black fighters, black promoters, black managers, black cut men in the sport of boxing, even black ring girls. I told him to hire a black ring girl. 30 days later, he hires a black ring girl, you know? So, um, I, so, so we have that type of thing. And, and now it's just like, Bob, let's just come on and have a good time, man. He don't care what I ask. I've already asked him the toughest questions I can ever. I can, I he's he's answered the toughest questions you can ever ask a man. You know what I mean? Racism and you know, like, and now it's just like, man, just come on, we'll have a good time and and let the fans ask you. You know, the fact that the fact that this means a lot to me that a father and a son, a father and a daughter, a mother and a son or daughter can literally sit on the couch, click barbershop conversations on their smartphone and have an opportunity to have a conversation with Bob Arum. That's the coolest shit ever, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That's the coolest how, shit ever, yeah. How did you How did you go about this? How did you go about establishing these relationships? Because you've had Bob Arum, you had a really personal sit down with um, Deontay Wilder. Yeah. How did all these things come about? Authenticity, you, you know what I mean? Like, like that's another good thing about owning your time. You know what I mean? You don't wear, you don't have a shiny suit on. You know what I mean? Like you don't have a logo on. You're not, you're not a representation of what you desire to be. Uh, I am a representation of who I am and who I'm becoming. And that is the most beautiful thing. Like I love Wilder. Wilder is like, like, I mean, Wilder is my dude, you know, like in real life, you know, I call him, it, it won't go past the third ring, you know? And uh, uh, he means a lot to me because he has a platform that he that is worth hundreds of millions of dollars to white people. And more importantly, hundreds of million dollars to our oppressor. And he has the opportunity to go on ESPN and Fox every day of his life. He can call Stephen A. Smith and get an interview with him at the snap of a finger. And he chooses to, I said, chooses to come on a platform like mine. And I mean, my platform isn't small as it pertains to boxing, but as it pertains to the rest of the world, you know, it's a drop in the bucket right today, you know, and that drop of the bucket is just to inspire me to keep working. I I think it's the biggest shit ever, you know? And uh, the fact that he'll call me and like, Fred, let's go. And it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. I love Wilder. Like, like he is, he is, He's special, and I think we need to protect this man. Uh, I I think that uh, um, um, he should be graded on the same scale as a as a black leader. You know, he's bigger than the sport of boxing. You know, the fact that man Deontay Wilder is a white man's dream 
you know, the baddest man on the planet, the darkest man on the planet, big, tall, strong. How many big, tall, strong black guys you've seen set up for a check? Yeah. Countless, right? Yeah. Deontay Wilder's never done it. He can. You know, I, I, I love the fact that, as he said at the Barclay, after he knocked out Bermain Stavern, he said, I've never forgot the price of milk. And I can honestly say Deontay Wilder has never forgotten the price of milk. Hmm. You you mentioned earlier you you used to go to fights like every a lot. I don't you yeah. didn't say the yeah. time, but you would leave on Wednesdays and come back on Sundays, yeah. Sunday nights. Uh -huh. What's the best boxing event that you attended live? I'll just go recently, Wilder Luis Ortiz, and the reason why because I was in tears, and and those tears of death turned in tears of life instantly with one punch, you know. Uh, uh, Wilder was down on the cards, I thought. I, I actually stopped watching the fight. I was ringside. I stopped watching. I couldn't take it no more. I was just like, uh, watching Wilder, if I had an older brother, it would be like watching my older brother fight or younger brother, Wilder's younger than me. Uh, and it, it was heart-wrenching. I'm like, throw a punch, nigga, throw a punch. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and uh, that was the most exhilarating like ringside, I've, I went through so many. It was so bad that I thought it was the tenth round. Damn! Like I lost track of time. I lost track of everything. Like I just, and then it was like it was only round five. I'm like round, like that's how intent it was for me, man. Like I was, uh, I got an interview. I'm glad you asked me that question because I got to interview the two people that was next to me for that fight. You know, uh, because I they were like, Fred, look, look up. And I'm like, no, no, no. And then all of a sudden the crowd goes crazy. It was up. in New York, right? No, that was in Vegas. No, the second one. I'm talking about the second one. The second one. I didn't go to the first one because my kids had a uh, uh, Chinese New Year or something like that. It was in March. So I remember okay. something like, no, we had a, uh, it's like Red Day or something like that. It was, it was my daughter's like first, something happens where they do, something with the with the pig or something you know what i mean so <laughs> <laughs> you know they're killing pigs and shit but anyways uh um um so i didn't go but the second one um it was uh it was special man i mean i went through every email i was so exhausted i didn't want to like because i have access to wilder i didn't want i was i was so exhausted i just wanted to go lay down like i was literally exhausted after that fight i celebrated yeah but I just wanted to go to my hotel room and just, ah, oh, because <laughs> it was it was it was exhausting. It was exhausting, and 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 Deontay Wilder is true. He only needs a blink of an eye, two seconds, man, because his whole career. I mean, like, oh man, that was exhilarating. What was that November twenty third of two thousand and nineteen, something like yeah, that? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Is is that is that the closest you've ever been? Like because you because you you know you do your your company basically boxing. Mm -hmm. Is is that the closest you've been to a fighter? Because you most people try not to get too personal and build those type of relationships. Uh, see see the most beautiful thing. I'm gonna tell you the story about Wilder. I talked to Wilder like I talked to you off the phone, off camera. You know I'm a journalist when I click camera when I click. Play and we gonna and we gonna we gonna get the truth and what we gonna curtail it to it benefits him because I love him. I don't give a fuck what nobody say, you know. But I I I'll tell you an honest conversation I had with him Tuesday after the fight. I says, nigga, I would have stopped the fight too. Thank you. 
Thank you. Oh my God. I'm so I'm so glad yeah. you said that. Thank yeah, you. I, I told him that we was on the phone Tuesday and I was like, man, I'm just calling to check on you, man. He said, Fred, I know you love me and you probably want to stop. I said, D. And and and, and uh 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 he respect that and 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 I respect his wishes. Thank God I'm not in that position. Yes, what I'm saying, I'm not, I don't have that job. I'm not even I'm I don't even want that job. You know what I mean? I want to tell my kids that I covered and I was a friend of this great fighter and this great man. I don't even, I don't desire to have that job because that's a tough decision. Yes. You know what I mean? And, 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 uh, uh, so, so I'll say this, if I was ringside and I had to see, I wasn't ringside because it was too much. It was too much. I had too much anxiety. I literally had too much anxiety. So I went up to the top and I watched the fight from like the hundred section, maybe even a 200 section, you know? And uh, I, I just couldn't, I just didn't want to be ringside. You know, it was just too much. It was too thick. And, uh, um, if I had it, but if I was ringside and I had to seen him land that left hook, I would have, uh, I would have, uh, let the fight continue because I couldn't tell that he landed the left hook where I was sitting. You get what I'm saying? The okay. last punch of the fight was him landing the left hook. So yeah, but it wasn't that impactful though. I don't know that though. See, I, I, I don't know that because like, you don't know because Fury was kind of tired too. You know, he was kind of gassed. So I, I don't know the, like sitting ringside, you can really feel the temperature of the fight. Okay. Like, you, you get what I'm saying? So from my- I've never been ringside. Oh so. yeah, from, from where I was, from, from where I was, it was like, man, damn, we, we gonna come back in, in four months and get this belt back, you know? Let me, and, and, and since you on the topic of a wild and furry, let me, let me tell you something. You did a excellent job Talking with the um trainer, uh, oh, sugar, you, sugar, uh, appreciate you, Jane. But what's his last name? Sugar, sugar Hill. I sugar Hill. Yeah, I was gonna say Sugar Hill, but I'm like, damn, that sounds like the movie. I just couldn't, <laughs> yeah, it's, it sounds like it sounds don't sound masculine enough, right? Yeah, but, no, 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 uh, not that. It was just, <laughs> I was thinking about the movie, okay. But like I said, man, you did it because I know how you feel personally, I've seen your videos. I've seen where you stand, but you did an excellent job of being professional and actually giving him a chance to tell his side of the story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and that's what I wanted because my I'm I'm pretty sold on what I believe, mm -hmm. and I think because we're not in a court of law, I can bring him on for an interview. And if we're in a court of law and I'm cross examining. That's different, right? But this is journalism. This is I'm, I'm documenting history. So, fifty years from now, this is going to be talked about, and that video interview is going to come up, and people are going to be like, "Wow, man, I appreciate this guy," you know. And and, and that's what it's there for. It, and it's there for Wilder as well, you know. It's it's there for Wilder so he can get a better understanding of what he was thinking. Now he can formulate was he in on the deal and this and that, and you know what I mean. So it's uh. It's it's uh it, it was fun. That interview was fun. And uh, was, I man, I watched the whole thing, man. Your, oh, that's dope, dog. Thank your you. Your followers, all. your followers. Oh my god. The dude from New York. Oh my Drew, god. Drew, Drew Titan. Yeah, man. <laughs> Drew ain't playing no games. And we all in on Wilder, man. Like it's not it's not even like it's it's crazy, man. We all in on D, man. I know. I can listen. When I watched that interview, I said, Oh, he got Wilder got loyal fans. 
It's, it's right. not, yeah. <laughs> but it was good, man. It was it was an excellent interview. You asked some great questions. And I like the fact that you didn't just bombard him with that right off the top. Like I saw the comments, people like, come on, Fred, go ahead and ask him. I'm like, let the man ease into it. We dude. got we got time. We got time. <laughs> we got time. Hold on. Hold on. Take the girl they, to dinner first. You know they what I mean? Want you, yeah. They didn't even want you to introduce the man name. They just wanted you to get into it. Oh, yeah, because they didn't know he was coming on. They had no idea he was coming on. So it, it Did was you think fun. he would do it? That's why I didn't announce it, because there's a lot of people in boxing that don't like me. And and they would get in his ear and say, don't do this, don't do that. You know, so I didn't announce it until I actually saw him beam in. When I okay. saw him beam in, I, I, I changed the title of the, of the show and I posted on Instagram. And you could see the numbers just going... <laughs> You know what yeah, I mean? Jumping up, you know. Yeah. I've seen a couple of your shows, but when you when I saw that one, and I and because I, I know how you feel, and I know how the people who follow feel, mm -hmm. I said, "Oh, I'm gonna watch this one." Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it was like good. three hours and forty minutes. Yeah, and Monday we got another hot one. I'm not disclosing neither, but it's gonna be it's it's like like Bob Arum and Sugar Hill went viral. Okay, it's going viral. We going viral again Monday. You know, it's gonna be this. Yeah, we going in Monday for sure. What is it? What is it? I mean, this kind of like on the subject, but off of it, because you have Michael Eric Dyson. So, yeah. you, what is it like getting these this big array of guests? Because you said earlier, COVID has allowed you to kind of like change courses. Yeah, I'm. I'm really. I, like I said at the top of this interview, I'm an intellectual that's corny. You know, what I mean, I was just I was just blessed with a little bit of sauce and a little bit of athleticism, so I could so I could play both sides of the hood. You know what I mean? Right. You know, what I mean, I can, you know, what I mean, I can wear my hat to the back, you know, what I mean, and uh, but really, I I am hell bent on having high frequency conversations. You know, like, like, like I like I'm I, I love it. I love authentic, open conversations where people can just tell their truths, you know, and and I'm getting better at it, you know, um, um, at interviewing, and uh, it, it's fun, you know, it's 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 a blast, you know, so. Um, yeah, so that's, so that's it, man. It's, uh, it's, it, it's where I want to be, you know, like where people can come on and, and I can document history. Definitely. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give you, you, you the promoter. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you put on your promoter hat. Sure. You have in a pay-per-view, it's a thousand dollars. So I need you to build that card with four fights. Mm. Oh, Top two, Wilder Fury, Wilder Fury, Spence, Spence Thurman. Spence Thurman? No, Spence Crawford, excuse me. Oh, oh, okay, okay. It's Crawford. Um, uh, Tank Gary Russell. And uh, oh man, Charlo versus Charlo. Charlo versus Charlo. Mm -hmm. Ooh. <laughs> Let me ask you. Are you? I'm gonna ask you. Are you? Would are you okay talking about who you think will win these fights? Yeah. Okay. So Wilder, Big Charlo, Spence. 
and Gary Russell. So you like Gary Russell over Tank? Oh, for sure. Why is that? He's better. He's a better boxer. <laughs> <laughs> He's better. He just can't get hit. Like anybody else, you fight a big puncher. You can't get hit. Yeah. Uh, you know what? So Gary Russell is from my At 130. At 130. At 130. Now, oh, okay. Because uh -huh. see, we're from the same city, so I'm always okay. be a fan of Gary Russell. I, I wanted to, I really want to see that fight and I want them to have it in the DC area, but I don't, do you think it'll happen? I think we can really make that fight happen. Mm. Cause Gary is convinced Floyd is against him. And, and, and I'm not saying he lying. I don't know, but. Quite possibly could be, quite possibly could be, but uh, we gotta, Gary gotta push too. You know, Gary gotta do his part. Yeah. Uh, if he does his part, it, it may work out for all of us. Yeah. My last question, I'm gonna I'm sure. get you out of here on this. You, who's your, who goes on your Mount Rushmore of boxes? Wilder, Ali, Whitaker, Jones. You only get four. Oh, you only get four. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> so you said Wilder, mm -hmm. Ali, mm -hmm. Purnell, and, um, and Roy Jones. Roy Jones, yeah. Oh man, that's a, that's a hell of a rush move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's so man, many. Man, listen, I, I want to truly thank you, man, for doing oh, this. That's love, man. I'm, I'm glad we caught up. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I wanted to do it a while ago, but you know, divine timing is everything. Okay, I'm with it. I'm with it. When you posting this, and 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 where can I get it? Um, I'm I'm gonna send it out. My 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 cousin does the editing. Oh, dope, 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 dope. And once once I get it to you. Okay. Once I get it finished, I'll definitely make sure to get it to you. Okay, that's love. I appreciate that. Before, oh, again, before we go, we got to tell the people how they can follow you. Oh, Barbershop Conversations on YouTube. Barbershop Conversations on YouTube and Instagram. Silent Heroes, S-I-L-E-N-T-H-E-R-O-S, -E -E man. Come hang out in the shop with us Sunday to Thursday, 9 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Oh, it's every, it's every night, Sunday to Thursday? Yep, Sunday, Thursday, every night. Wow, okay, okay. Yeah. I want to thank everyone for listening to this podcast. I truly appreciate everyone's support. You can follow me on Instagram at conversations underscore with underscore Lamp. And my Facebook is also conversations with Lamp. You can find the podcast on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. Please um, subscribe and leave a review. Again, thank you all for listening. Have a great day.